Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeats, B-E-E-T-S dot com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. Uh-huh. Time of the gentleman has expired. The gentleman from California. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here, here changes, changes the world. The world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children were being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, eight billion people. And if you're gonna figure out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, it didn't happen, and here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 257 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless us. And may God bless us. Director Mueller, going back to the president's obstruction via Corey Lewandowski, it was referenced that a thousand former prosecutors who served under Republican and Democratic administrations with 12,000 years of federal service wrote a letter regarding the president's conduct. Are you familiar with that letter? I've read about that letter, yes. And some of the individuals who signed that letter, the statement of former prosecutors, are people you worked with. Is that right? Quite probably, yes. People that you respect? Quite probably, yes. And in that letter, they said all of this conduct, trying to control and impede the investigation against the president by leveraging his authority over others, is similar to conduct we have seen charged against other public officials and people in powerful positions. Are they wrong? They have a different case. Do you want to sign that letter, Director Mueller? Uh, They have a different case. Uh, Director Mueller, thank you for your service, going all the way back to the 60s when you courageously served in Vietnam. Because I have a seat on the Intelligence Committee, I'll have questions later. And because of our limited time, I will ask to enter this letter into uh, 
the record under unanimous consent. That objects my colleague from California, Mr. Liu. Thank you, Director Mueller, for your long history of service to our country, including your service as a Marine, where you earn a Bronze Star with a V device. I'd like to now turn to the elements of obstruction of justice as applied to the President's attempts to curtail your investigation. The first element of obstruction of justice requires an obstructive act, correct? Correct. Okay, I'd like to direct you to page 97 of volume two of your report. And you wrote there on page 97, quote, Sessions was being instructed to tell the special counsel to end the existing investigation into the president and his campaign, unquote. That's in the report, correct? Correct. Okay. That would be evidence of an obstructive act because it would naturally obstruct their investigation, correct? Uh, correct. Okay. Let's turn now to the second element of the crime of obstruction of justice, which requires a nexus to an official proceeding. Again, I'm going to direct you to page 97, the same page of volume two. And you wrote, quote, by the time of the president's initial one-on-one -on -one meeting with Lewandowski on June 19, 2017, the existence of a grand jury investigation supervised by the special counsel was public knowledge. That's in the report, correct? Correct. That would constitute evidence of a nexus to an official proceeding because a grand jury investigation is an official proceeding, correct? Well, yes. Okay. I'd like to now turn to the final element of the crime of obstruction of justice. On that same page, page 97, do you see where there's the intent section on that page? I do Support see that. C. All right. Would you be willing to read the first sentence? And that was starting with? Substantial evidence. Indicates that the president's? Yeah, if you could read that first sentence, would you be willing to do that? I'm happy to have you read it. Okay, I will read it then. You wrote, quote, substantial evidence indicates that the president's effort to have Sessions limit the scope of the special counsel's investigation to future election interference was intended to prevent further investigative scrutiny of the president's and his campaign's conduct, unquote. That's in the report, correct? That is in the report, and I rely what's in the report uh, to uh, uh, indicate uh, uh, what's happened in the, the paragraphs that we've been discussing. Thank you. So to recap what we've heard, uh, we have heard today that the president ordered former White House counsel Don Morgan to fire you. The president ordered Don Morgan to then cover that up and create a false paper trail. And now we've heard the president ordered Corey Lewandowski to tell Jeff Sessions to limit your investigation so that he, you, stop investigating the president. I believe a reasonable person looking at these facts uh, could conclude that all three elements of the crime of obstruction justice have been met and I'd like to ask you, the reason, again, that you did not indict Donald Trump is because of OLC opinion stating that you cannot indict a sitting president, correct? Uh, that is correct. The fact that their orders by the president were not carried out, that is not a defense to obstruction of justice because the statute itself is quite broad. It says that as long as you endeavor or attempt to obstruct justice, that would also constitute a crime. I, I'm not going to... I get into that at this juncture. Okay, thank you. And uh, based on uh, the evidence that we have heard today, I believe a reasonable person could conclude that at least three crimes of social justice by the president occurred. We're going to hear about two additional crimes that would be the witness tamperings of Michael Cohen and Paul Manafort. All that, I yield uh, back. The only thing I want to add is that I'm going through the elements with you do not mean or does not mean that I subscribe to 
uh, the, uh, what you're trying to prove through those elements. The time of the gentleman has expired. The gentlelady from uh, uh, Arizona. I'm sorry, gentleman from California. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Mueller, over here. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, you had three discussions with Rod Rosenstein about your appointment as special counsel, May 10th, May 12th, and May 13th, correct? If you say so, I have no reason to, to dispute that. Then you met with the president on the 16th with Rod Rosenstein present, and then on the 17th you were formally appointed as special counsel. Were you meeting with the president on the 16th with knowledge that you were under consideration for appointment to special counsel? I did not believe I was under consideration for uh, uh, counsel. Uh, the, uh, I had served two terms. As FBI oh, okay, director? So the answer is no. And the um, answer is no. Greg Jarrett describes your office as the team of partisans. Um, and as additional information is coming to light, there's a growing concern that political bias caused important facts to be omitted from your report in order to cast the uh, president unfairly in a negative light. For example, uh, John Dowd, the president's lawyer, leaves a message with Michael Flynn's lawyer on November 17th of 2017, uh, November 2017. The edited version in your report makes it appear that he was improperly asking for confidential information. And that's all we'd know from your report, except that the judge in the Flynn case ordered the entire transcript released, in which Dowd makes it crystal clear that's not what he was suggesting. So my question is, why did you edit the transcript to hide the exculpatory part of the message? Well, I'm not certain I would agree uh, with your characterization as we did anything to hide. Well, you, omit it. you omitted it. You, you quoted the part where he says we need some kind of heads up just for the sake of protecting all of our interests if we can, but you omitted uh, the portion where he says without giving up any confidential information. Well, I'm not going to go further in terms of discussing right. the... Uh, well, let, let's go on. You, you extensively discussed Konstantin Kalemnik's activities with Paul Manafort. You describe him as, quote, a Russian-Ukrainian political consultant and longtime employee of Paul Manafort assessed by the FBI to have ties to Russian intelligence. Again, that's all we'd know from your report, except we've since learned from news articles that Kalimnik was actually a U.S. State Department intelligence source, yet nowhere in your report is he so identified. Why was that fact? I don't, I don't necessarily credit uh, what you're saying uh, occurred. Were you aware that Kalimnik was uh, a, a, I'm not uh, go a State the Department source? I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of what we had in the, cor did you in the, cor in the course did you of our investigation. Did you Konstantin Kalimnik? Pardon? Did you interview Konstantin Kalimnik? I can't go into the discussion of uh, uh, our uh, investigative moves. And, and yet that is the, the, the basis of your report. Again, the, the problem we're having is we have to rely on your report for an accurate reflection of the evidence, and we're starting to find out that's, that's not true. For example, uh, you, you, your report famously links Russian Internet troll farms with the Russian government. Yet at a hearing on May 28th in the Concord Management IRA prosecution that you initiated, the judge excoriated both you and Mr. Barr for producing no evidence to support this claim. Why did you suggest Russia was responsible for the troll farms when in court you've been unable to produce any evidence to support it? Well, I'm not going to get into that any further than I, than I already have. But, but you, you have left the clear impression throughout the country through your report uh, that uh, uh, it was the Russian government behind the troll farms, and yet when you're called upon to provide actual evidence in court, you fail to do so. Well, I would again uh, uh, 
dispute your characterization of what occurred in that, pre in that proceeding. In, in, in fact, the judge, considering, uh, considered holding prosecutors in criminal contempt, she backed off only after your hastily called press conference the next day in which you retroactively made the distinction between the Russian government and the Russia troll farms. Did your press conference of May 29th have anything to do with uh, the threat to hold your prosecutors in contempt the previous day for publicly misrepresenting the evidence? What was the question? The, the question is, did your May 29th press conference have anything to do with the fact that the previous day the judge threatened to hold your prosecutors in contempt for misrepresenting evidence? No. Now, the, 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 the fundamental problem is, as I said, we've got to take your word, your team faithfully, accurately, impartially, and completely described all of the underlying evidence in the Mueller report, and we're finding more and more instances where this just isn't the case. And it's starting to look like, you know, having desperately tried and failed to make a legal case against the president, you made a political case instead. You put it in a paper sack, lit it on fire, dropped it on our porch, rang the doorbell, and ran. I don't think you have re uh, reviewed a report that is as thorough, as fair, as consistent as the report that we have in front of us. Then, then why is contradictory The time of the gentleman has expired. The gentleman out. from Maryland is recognized. Director Mueller, let's go to a fourth episode of obstruction of justice in the form of witness tampering, which is urging witnesses not to cooperate with law enforcement, either by persuading them or intimidating them. Witness tampering is a felony punishable by 20 years in prison. You found evidence that the president engaged in efforts, and I quote, to encourage witnesses not to cooperate with the investigation. Is that right? That's correct. Do you have a citation? I'm page seven on volume two. Thank you. Now, one of these witnesses was Michael Cohen, the president's personal lawyer who ultimately pled guilty to campaign violations based on secret hush money payments to uh, two women the president knew, and also to lying, Congress, lying to Congress about the hope for $1 billion Trump Tower deal. After the FBI searched Cohen's home, the president called him up personally, he said, to check in and told him to, quote, hang in there and stay strong. Is that right? Do you remember finding that? If it's in the report as, as stated, yes, it is right. Yes, also in the report, actually, are a series of calls made by other friends of the president. Uh, one reached out to say he was with the boss in Mar-a-Lago, and the president said he loves you. His name is redacted. Another redacted friend called to say, the boss loves you, and a third redacted friend called to say, everyone knows the boss has your back. Do you remember finding that sequence of calls? Generally, yes. When the news, um, and, and in fact, Cohen said that following the receipt of these messages, I'm quoting here, uh, page 147 of volume two, he believed he had the support of the White House if he continued to toe the party line, and he determined to stay on message and be part of the team. That's at page 147. Do you remember generally finding generally, that? Generally, yes. Well, um, and uh, Robert uh, Costello, a lawyer close to the president's legal team, uh, emailed Cohen to say, quote, you are loved, they are in our corner, sleep well tonight, and you have friends in high places. And that's up on the screen, page 147. You remember reporting that. that. Okay. Now, when the news first broke that Cohen had arranged payoffs to Stormy Daniels, uh, Cohen faithfully stuck to this party line. He 
He said that publicly that neither the Trump organization nor the Trump campaign was a party to the transaction and neither reimbursed him. Um, Trump's personal attorney at that point quickly uh, texted Cohen to say, quote, client says thank you for what you do. Um, Mr. Mueller, who is the capital C client thanking Cohen for what he does? I can't speak to that. Uh, okay, the, the assumption in the context suggests very strongly it's President Trump. I can't speak to that. Okay, Cohen later broke and pled guilty to campaign finance offenses and admitted fully they were made, quote, at the direction of candidate Trump. Do you remember that? Yes. After Cohen's guilty plea, the president suddenly changed his tune towards Mr. Cohen, didn't he? Uh, I would say uh, I rely on what's in the report. Well, he made the suggestion that Cohen family members had committed crimes. He targeted, for example, Cohen's father-in-law and repeatedly suggested that he was guilty of committing crimes, right? I generally accurate. Okay. On page 154, you give a powerful summary of these changing dynamics. And you said, I'm happy to have you read it, but I'm happy to do it if not. I have in front of me. Thank you. Would you like to read it? I would. Can you read it out loud to everybody? I would be happy to have you read it out. Okay, very, very. We'll read it at the same time. The evidence concerning this sequence of events could support an inference that the president used inducements in the form of positive messages in an effort to get Cohen not to cooperate and then turn to attacks and intimidation to deter the provision of information or to undermine Cohen's credibility once Cohen began cooperating. I believe that's accurate. Okay, and in my view, if anyone else in America engaged in these actions, they would have been charged with witness tampering. We must enforce the principle in Congress that you emphasize so well in the very last sentence of your report, which is that in America, no person is so high as to be above the law. I yield back, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, just recently, Mr. Mueller, you said uh, Mr. Liu was asking you questions. And Mr. Liu's question, I, I quote, the reason you didn't indict the president is because of the OLC opinion. And you answered, that is correct. But that is not what you said in the report, and it's not what you told Attorney General Barr. And in fact, in a joint statement that you released with DOJ on May 29th, after your press conference, you're offered, your office issued a joint statement with the Department of Justice that said, the Attorney General has previously stated that the special counsel repeatedly affirmed that he was not saying that but for the OLC opinion, he would have found the president obstructed justice. The special counsel's report in his statement today made clear that the office concluded it would not reach a determination one way or the other whether the president committed a crime. There is no conflict between these statements. So, Mr. Miller, do you stand by your joint statement with DOJ that you issued on May 29th as you sit here today? Uh, I would have to look at it more closely before I said uh, uh, I agree with it. Well, um, so, I, you know, my conclusion is that what you told Mr. Liu really contradicts what you said in the report, and specifically what you said apparently repeatedly to Attorney General Barr, that, and then you issued a joint statement on May 29th saying that the Attorney General has previously stated that the special counsel repeatedly affirmed that he was not saying but for the OLC report, 
that we would have found the president of obstructed justice. So I just say there's a conflict. I do have some more questions. Mr. Mueller, there's been a lot of talk today about firing the special counsel and curtailing the investigation. Were you ever fired, Mr. Mueller, from Was the I special? What? Were you ever fired as special counsel, Mr. Mueller? I, no. No. Were you, were you allowed to complete your investigation unencumbered? Yes. And in fact, you resigned as special counsel when you closed up the office in, in late May 20, 2019. Is that correct? That's correct. Thank you. Um, Mr. Mueller, on April 18th, the Attorney General held a press conference in conjunction with the public release of your report. Did Attorney General Barr say anything inaccurate, either in his press conference or his March 24th letter to Congress, summarizing the principal conclusions of your report? Well, uh, what you are not mentioning is a letter we sent on uh, March 27th. Uh, to Mr. Barr that raised uh, uh, some issues. And that letter speaks for itself. But then I, I don't see how you could, could, that could be since A.G. Barr's letter detailed the principal conclusions of your report and you have said before that that there wasn't anything in inaccurate. In fact, you had this joint statement. But let me, let me go on to another uh, question. Uh, Mr. Mueller, rather than purely relying on the evidence provided by witnesses and documents, I, I think you relied a lot on media. I'd like to know how many times you cited the Washington Post in your report. How many times I what? Cited the Washington Post in your report. I, don't have, I, I do not have knowledge of that yeah. uh, figure, but I... I well, that's I, it. I don't have knowledge of that figure. I counted about 60 times. How many times did you cite the New York Times? I counted... Uh, again, I have no idea. I counted about 75 times. How many times did you cite Fox News? I, as with the other two, I have no idea. I, about 25 times. I, I've got to say, it looks like volume two is mostly regurgitated press stories. Honestly, there's almost nothing in volume two that I couldn't already hear or know simply by having a $50 cable news subscription. However, your investigation cost the American taxpayers $25 million. Um, Mr. Mueller, you cited media reports nearly 200 times in your report. Then in a footnote, a small footnote, number seven, page 15 of volume two of your report, you wrote, I quote, this section summarizes and cites various news stories, not for the truth of the information contained in the stories, but rather to place candidate Trump's response to those stories in context. Since nobody but lawyers reads footnotes, are you concerned that the American public took the embedded news stories? The time of the gentlelady has expired. The gentlelady from Washington. Can, can Mr. Mueller no. answer the question? No, no, we're running short on time. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. Very mean and 
nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently for letting you, me or nobody, is going to hit as hard as life. Can you believe that we're getting away with this? Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your five poor little children. Yes, we can. tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. You wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter, Apple Podcasts, the Stitcher Smart Radio, Potable, and more. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. In the making. In the 